create with Fran Sydney. Hello everyone, welcome to the show. This is Fran Sydney and this is Create with France. It's a show where you and I talk about how to design the life that you want by using mind hacks that you can use every day. Nobody will know about it, you know, and they work so, so well. So in the past month, we've been talking about the art, a role in your life and how it can help you with dementia, Alzheimer, Parkinson, and to express yourself and to connect with others, be part of your community and not just be a professional artist. But uh, now we want a little bit of a shift and we want to talk about something really different with a special guest that I have today in my show and his name is Chris Davis and he describes himself as a an ex-Royal Marine commando of 10 years and he is now working as an NLP and hypnosis trainer and breathwork facilitator. And I did ask him, what do you do with all these things that you do? And Chris said, well, I break all paradigms, I release trauma and I reach new levels of success and consciousness. So I thought, guys, we have to find out how on earth he does that because he's going to reveal to us the secret behind success. So, everyone, cheer it up. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here, friends. Uh, it's nice to be able to talk about the things I love. So, um, it's good to be here for the next 20, 30 minutes or so. Go over all the stuff that has created the life I've got myself and the things I use to help people create the life that they've wanted too. So, it's really interesting. I guess a big part of my story is the Royal Marines. A big part of it is that most people are interested in it at least because it's it's well known. That part of my life, the military side of things, is really well known. And everyone knows usually how hard it is to get into the military, to be in the military. And that's a big part of the story. So if I go back a little bit so I can let you know how I got to where I am now. I used to play basketball at a young age and I was... Um, good, if I don't say so myself. I was offered two full sports scholarships to schools in the States. So I've always been into doing well for myself. Um, I then, I turned both of those down, I started to run bars and nightclubs for a few years. Um, and then just after that, I became um, one of the top salespeople in the country, in the UK. And sadly, after that, my father died in 2008. And that kind of sparked a big change in me that made me want to go into the Royal Marines. I've wanted to go in since I was 19. And uh, he was in the military himself. So this made me want to do something different. And I joined and I was in for 10 years. And of course, as you know, the Marines is, is tough. It's good fun at the same time. And it's very different to your average job. But mostly it breaks you down into a type of person that can handle the sort of things that Royal Marines go through. So, of course, a lot of that is um, removing your emotions, removing a lot of your personality. It's putting you into a box almost of who you should be, how you should act. And that's not a bad thing because that's what you need in order to thrive and survive in some of the most inhospitable places on earth when, I guess, people are trying to kill you, right? So you need to be that type of person at the time. And... It does change you. I had a big personality. I was full of ego from the basketball player and the sales side of me. And from doing those things, that was almost, not physically, not literally, but beaten out of me in the sense that they wanted me to be somebody else. No ego. It was just about getting the job done. And it was all very physical. We did some incredible things. For example, the final test to become a Marine is to do a 30-miler and that's over Dartmoor with about 40 pounds on your back 
that has to be done um, in about eight hours in a big group. So um, skipping forward a little bit, I passed out, passed out first time and passing out means, I don't mean I fainted, I mean I became a Royal Marine and I went to Afghanistan and I was what's called the Valen man, so I was the front man, which means I was the guy at the front with a metal detector looking for mines so that no one else steps on them, basically. And I didn't learn this until years later, but during the time of being a point man, you've got to use your own senses so much that they get heightened to a degree that the average persons can't because you're paying attention to everything. And after I left the Marines, after having a few strange experiences as a point man in Afghanistan, I learned that uh, the CIA in America, they were testing on people that had been point man in Vietnam. And the reason was because their level of uh, consciousness, their level of spirituality, and their ability to astral project, their ability to um, engage with people psychically was far higher than the average person because they had to really switch on into their own minds and feel the environment in a way that would save their lives. And there are countless times I can think of my own journey in Afghanistan where I would feel the air change and I would warn people about it and something would happen instantly. You'd have that kind of level of um, consciousness. So of course I'm battling at this point with being a very uh, results-based, physical-based Royal Marine and also having the spirituality inside of me change starting to see different things and experience different things. So I'll skip most of it because most of it is just Royal marines stuff. But of course, as you imagine, that whole thing is, is very high-end. It's, um, it's very hard. And the, the expectations of you are beyond high. You're always having to do the best all of the time and have no recognition for it, which I loved, but was hard work. Now, when I left the Marines in 2019, I decided to go into coaching, so I started my NLP journey, I did my practitioner um, and moved on to do master practitioner and NLP trainer, hypnosis trainer, etc. But during that whole portion of work and I guess transition into coaching, I became a private investigator as well. So I was traveling the world. Um, I guess, stalking people, taking photos of them. They'd never know I was there, but I was catching people doing things they shouldn't be doing. Um, and that was a really exciting time as well, of course. I was on my own a lot of times. I did a few undercover jobs where I had a different name, a different passport, and I lived this kind of exciting life. But during all this, I, I knew I needed to slow down. The Marines was 100 miles an hour. It was always heavier, faster, do more, sleep less. Um, that type of lifestyle and the private investigator lifestyle was the same. It was next to no sleep. It was always working, always having to be switched on. You can't look away for two seconds in case you miss the photo that catches them doing the thing they shouldn't be doing. And that's stressful and it takes its toll. So I started to want to slow down. So in my downtime, I started yoga and which I loved by the way, really calmed me down, sent me, sent me into myself. And I saw a whole new existence almost, whereas everything before was outside of me, it was all 
as I said, go faster, go harder, go further, do this longer, beat other people. Everything was a competition for me. Yoga sent me inwards so that I could focus on me and start to at least break down the ego to realize there was more than impressing other people and doing fantastic things. And during one session, I had this amazing instructor in um, mid-England somewhere. Um, it was Northampton, in fact. And at the end of the session, during Shavasana, we did some very light breath work, very light breath work. And during that session, I didn't know it at the time, but my consciousness had changed so much during that short five to 10 minutes that I'd lost all feeling in my body. I was just in my own experience, consciousness in space. I could see stars, I could see gases. I just felt like I was floating through space. And when she called us back into the room to sit up and asked me to open my eyes, I jumped because I was in a physical room with people. I was so far gone at this point, um, consciousness wise, that seeing physical people in the room shocked me. And I'd never experienced anything like that before. And that, that sent me inside myself for weeks. I couldn't understand what had happened. It was a big paradigm shift in the way I saw the world, in the way I saw um, self-expression, self-development, improvement, the way I saw reality as a whole. And that's what started me on the whole breathwork journey. That's what sent me towards wanting to figure out how I do this more and how I can help other people have that same experience. And funnily enough, that's not the craziest one. That was the start of the whole, start of the whole thing, which I, I, I loved. Um, by the way, if I'm talking too much and you want to ask questions, feel free to. If I'm just rambling on, feel free to ask questions. Um, so I got into breathwork, and I, so I started to want to learn more. Started a course, and during that time of learning more about breathwork, I learned the basics about what it does to the body about pranayama, about the 5,000-year-old yogic traditions of, of breathing and how it made yogis live apparently hundreds of years or helped them at least along with other practices. And I started to just build up a knowledge of different types of breathwork, what it can do for you. And I just did course after course after course and, and probably, you know, I'm, I'm in the thousands now and spent on different courses, different teachers, different mentors. And it still blows me away the things it can do for you, things you can use it for. There's not a thing in my life it hasn't helped change or fix. There's not a thing I haven't used it with other people to help them overcome. Um, and before I go into, I guess, more details of that, of how I use it with other people, how they can use it for themselves, my biggest interest is the shamanic and spiritual side of breathwork. And this won't be most people's this bit usually puts a few people off, but this isn't the only thing. So if you want more of the practical side of breath work, we'll talk about that in the next few minutes. One of the craziest experiences I've had during breath work, which really, really, really got me hooked, was during a deep 90 minute breath work session. Um, I had an experience that people usually have when they do ayahuasca or DMT or peyote 
or other psychedelic drugs. And that was, I felt like I had met another entity within my own consciousness somehow. So during a breathwork session, I had met um, what looked like a cat person, basically. And it's it shocked me out of my, um, my own consciousness to wake me back up. It was just a, a click and I woke back up. And I felt like I'd met this entity that was about six foot two and had the head of a cat, which was, again, sent me into myself for weeks because it wasn't my thought and I knew it wasn't. So that's what sent me really deep into the practice. So fast forwarding slightly, I was learning but not quite understanding the power of breath in its entirety. And I've learned over this time, shamanic breathwork styles, holotropic breathwork, holographic breathwork, euphoric breathwork, Wim Hof method, soma breath, all these different types. That, that are the big popular ones, you know, the ones that people go on the internet to find and the ones that draw people in usually. And we'll go into this in a bit of detail later. The, the bit that of breathwork that is the most important thing, if anyone's interested in doing breathwork, of course, is your, what I call everyday breathwork. It's, it's breathing for life. And for anybody that goes to the gym, you'll know you go to the gym for about an hour a day, right? And that might be two days a week. It might be one day a week. It might be seven days a week, whatever you do. But you must also realize then that the other 23 hours are outside of the gym. So no matter what you do in the gym for the hour, the other 23 are 23 times more important because that's what you're doing with the rest of your time. So if you have a great session in the gym, but you spend 23 hours sitting on the sofa, eating garbage, never getting in sunlight, never getting outside, then the gym isn't pointless, but it doesn't have the effect as it would if you lived your life actively and well. And I say that to say that breathing is exactly the same. There's a big movement in the moment at the moment about Wim Hof, about breath work like that, that people do for 20, 30 minutes a day with breath holds, with breath to light you up a little bit, to wake you up, to oxygenate the blood, to alkalize the blood in the body, which is fantastic and it definitely works and it's really good for you. However, most people are breathing dysfunctionally for the other 23 hours. And, and to explain how bad that is, and I won't explain fully because it, it's actually kind of scary, so I'll just kind of squish it in a little bit, is that the nose is made for breathing and the mouth isn't. When you breathe through the nose, the reason you do that is because you have filters that filter out dust, that filter out grime, that filter out bacteria, that filter out viruses, that and it all gets stopped in the um, snot and what you might call bogies in your nose, that's what it's for, to stick to it, in the hairs that stop it. And it's small on purpose, so the nostrils here are small on purpose so that you have a more controlled breath. Once you start to breathe in through the nose, you've got cavities that run back across your face here that create what's called nitric oxide. And that nitric oxide is taken into the lungs when you breathe through the nose. That opens up the capillaries and the veins and the airways in the body. And by doing so, your blood flows easier, your breath moves easier, and you start to uh, release and get rid of all inflammation in the body by breathing through the nose. 
And this opens up the system so much that it helps you digest your food, it helps you sleep, it helps you um, train harder, it helps you exercise better, it helps you think clearer, it helps you think faster. Um, it helps with things like um, sexual performance, erections. For, for guys, for example, that have those types of issues, it may just be their mouth breathing, and it could be that simple. Breathing through the nose can help almost completely eliminate things like long COVID, asthma, COPD, and not for everybody, but it's that important that almost anything that people come to me with, the first thing I check is, are they breathing through the nose? And sometimes it takes a 20 minute phone call to get them back to breathing through the nose to fix what they think is 80% of their problems. So the, the scary part, of course, is people that breathe through the mouth. And I've learned this recently and it is slightly scary for, for me when I started to think about it, is how bad it is for you to breathe through the mouth. And we'll tie this up sort of towards the end to show how people can use this in their life to get more out of it. And I kind of want to scare people very slightly into not breathing through the mouth, by the way. So, breathing through the mouth has awful physiological effects in the sense that your skull starts to collapse from the inside. So, when you breathe through the mouth, most of the time, people will breathe, drop the jaw, they'll take the tongue from the top of their mouth, and people then will start to have their teeth cross over at the front, They'll struggle to breathe and the palate at the top will drop. And what that does, that starts to, especially if they mouth breathe from a young age, they'll get often a hooked nose. Their chin will move backwards and get thinner. Their teeth will start to cross. They'll expel an extra 60% of water and fluids out of their mouth, so they'll get dehydrated and think worse because of it. And it actually makes people not only worse looking, to other human beings in the face because their face becomes something that it's not supposed to be. But it also affects your health so badly that the risk of heart attack goes up, the risk of um, COPD, asthma, um, COVID, the risk of almost all ailments go up exponentially just by breathing through the mouth because inside gets so inflamed and you lose the ability to have this nitric oxide go into your blood. So now you've sufficiently scared everybody into never breathing through the mouth again. Oh, by the way, before I go ahead, it's, it's not that it's, it's completely useless, by the way. You can breathe through the mouth, number one, spiritually, for very quick state changes. So I'll use mouth breathing in short bursts for state changes to help people release trauma, to help people release... Um, old paradigms that they find it hard to let go of. These state changes with the breath through the mouth happen far quicker. And also, if you are absolutely struggling to breathe at the very top end of your physical capacity, this is usually 90, 95% and higher. That's when you can switch to the mouth for a short amount of time just to get a bit more air into the lungs, but you should switch back to the nose very quickly. So, um, one of the best things we can do to start off, and this, this is a great thing for anybody to do. The amount of times you'll hear people say is that we need to breathe more in order to be fitter and healthier is actually wrong. We need to be breathing less. So for 
for anybody that's interested in longevity, in health, in losing weight, in having more clarity of thought, in having more focus, and generally increasing all health markers in one of the easiest ways possible, it's to breathe lighter and to breathe less than they think they should. So most people will breathe in cycles of around 11 to 15 full breaths per minute, which is roughly two seconds in, two seconds out for, for a minute. Now we should ideally be breathing around perfectly is five and a half breaths, so five and a half to six breaths per minute, every minute of the day, unless we are exercising or need the extra oxygen demand. And if people want to try this after listening to this, give it a go, because this shows you where your health markers are too, breath-wise, is to breathe in through the nose for five seconds, and then out through the nose for five seconds. And what that will do is it will have you breathe a total of five and a half to six full breaths per minute. So if you look at any animal in, I guess, in the animal kingdom, the ones that live the longest are the ones that breathe the least. So, for example, turtles, tortoise, elephants, the types of animals that live the longest breathe a few times a minute, five, six, seven times a minute, sometimes even two times a minute. The ones that breathe the least, uh, that live the least amount of time are animals like voles and mice, cats. They, they breathe so shallow and so sharp that in a constant state of stress. So they have an oxidative stress that kills them far quicker than it should do if they were to slow their breathing down. So that's where, that's where the yogic, yogic traditions got this from, is to copy the animals that live in this calm state, to breathe and live to do positions like they do. So yogic positions will copy animal positions because it's healthy for the body and they'll breathe in the way that healthy animals do to keep them alive longer. And there's, there's so much science behind this. There's so many... Um, I started off learning the science, by the way, and it, it bored me when I first started, so I won't go into any of it. I love it now, but it's quite boring to listen to it the first time around. But certainly... For me at least, and of course I'd advocate this because it's my thing, I would always say for people to look at their breath first, no matter what's going on in their life. And I mean anything. If you check your breath at any point in the day, because something's potentially going wrong, or it may go wrong, you'll find that your breath is telling you what's wrong. You may be breathing too shallow, you may be breathing too deep, you may be breathing too fast, too high in the chest. And all of these things can then usually be brought back to center by breathing slow again, by breathing shallow-ish, but not too shallow, breathing through the nose and focusing inwards on the breath. It is so powerful that it can easily get rid of anxiety, depression, fear, um, overthinking, foggy brain. It can do so much for you that for me, the breath is the ultimate, the ultimate tool. And I think it is, whether you believe it or not, is a gift from God or a gift from the universe in the sense that it's our only internal system that is not only automatic, but we also have control over. And to me, that says a lot for it, that it's important enough for the brain to do it for you, 
but it's also so powerful that the brain says we should be able to control this too. And that to me says a lot about the breath that we've been given both options. So there's, I guess that there are many things I can go into with the breath in general and, and it's, it, it still blows me away the things that it can do. And a session I did last week with somebody and this is this is most of the work I do now by the way because people are often traumatized and often anxious a session we did about two weeks ago now was a shamanic style session and people can do this themselves I don't suggest they do it's better to have a guide or a sitter um, or a facilitator whichever way you want to put it but the idea is this way when we're talking about this deeper state changing mouth breathing style this is very shamanic in that sense is for a guide the client through a 45 to 90 minute breathwork journey and they're breathing from there into their stomach into their chest and then think about breathing into the head so it's like a three-part breath in one it's all through the mouth and then you'll dump the breath out through the mouth too now you stick with that for as long as possible during that session, which took about 45 minutes, the client got so high from breathing that she had the same experience I did. So she lost all physical feeling. She had a outer body experience. She was in space, as she said. She felt like water almost. So she had no physical body, but she felt like water would feel like, whatever that means. And in space, she could see the story and the arc of her child at every age in space in front of her growing changing the troubles he had the good times they've had together the things they've been through and she had this amazing experience of reliving without context all of her child's life again from the start until now and what that helped her do was was to see the life again without context, to remove any major or minor trauma that had been built up as a mother. She's a single mother. And to run it over her head in a way that allowed her to release all of the tensions of 14 years of becoming a mother. To release all of that in, in 45 minutes, to, to really see the impact she's had on him, to really push herself towards a, a better life for them and she just laughed and cried for I think it was like 20 minutes solid back and forth because of this amazing experience she had so again there's so much stuff I could talk about and I'd probably be here for three hours or so I think <laughs> if I did um, probably longer because there's so many different facets of the breath I could go into but I just wanted to go over the most simple part of the breath of just checking in with yourself in the day. Just making sure you're breathing slower, calming the breath down, slowing the breath down. And then if needs be, and I, I'd suggest a facilitator for this, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to remove trauma, to change paradigms, to drop into deep meditative states and hypnotic states to rewire the brain quickly, then these deeper shamanic sessions can have very very profound effect on the psyche of a person 
on what you might call the shadow self to make changes that um, a client said to me a couple of weeks ago saved them years and years of talk therapy by just doing a couple of breathwork sessions. I guess that's that, that's kind of it really with it. I said it's not it, but it's there's not much more unless I want to go on for hours with the breath that we, we should talk about because I'll, I'll go on all day. But it, there's so much in it, there's so much people could do, there's so many places people could start. And if they are a practitioner, they can start at the lower end. If they are a practitioner, they can start at the higher end of shamanic style breath. And if they are coaches or therapists themselves, adding breath work to their own repertoire of, um, I guess their toolbox, is the one thing I'd say adds to every single modality that I've come across. Having taught NLP, taught hypnosis, taught tapping, I've been into all these different styles. Breathwork goes with all of them because there's hardly a moment we aren't breathing. And all you have to do is breathe better in that moment and your life just instantly improves. So that's kind of it for me here in that sense um, there's not a great deal more I want to go through really with that other than just how powerful it is and I'd, I'd advocate the breath work over everything and anything for all ailments not that it's the most powerful for all but it's the place I think people should always definitely go back to in that sense okay so as we only have like six minutes left for this and we can't use more than that in these episodes but you, you're always welcome to come back and and tell us more stories and more applications of this so my only question would be for a person that is starting now you know the new year new you yes. uh, got new things that we want to do i've already recording uh, recorded an episode about that and how to change the way we think about these goals you know because we lose track and stamina so quickly and the motivation so there are a few mind hacks but what would you suggest just as we're closing that a person can start considering as we start a new year which is you know after all the challenges for the last three years we all want something better we want to feel good what, what is in practical terms especially people who don't have a lot of funds so they can't afford a session or a shamanic uh, event mm. or whatever what can we do in the day-to-day -day basic to improve their situation whatever it is i'm glad you asked because most people go towards the shamanic style because it's the sexy version of breath it's the one that people see to if people want to to really improve their lives drastically all they need to do and it's free is Pay, just pay attention to their breath more. If you want to change your life quickly, always what we call coming home to your breath. If you're driving and you're stressed, focus on your breath. If you have an argument and you're stressed, focus on your breath. If you're feeling really good, focus on your breath. If you're training, focus on your breath. And the reason I say this is because, number one, your breath will, is like a thermostat. It will tell you where you are. It'll tell you where you are in the moment in your mind. If you're over breathing, if you're holding your breath, if you're stuttering with your breath, you'll notice it and you'll realize something's wrong. And all you need to do is come back to breathing in for five and out for five through the nose and thing, everything just dissipates. Everything gets better almost instantly. It's like magic. 
But secondly, it becomes a meditation. When you focus inwards and you focus on something that you are doing solely and not from the outside world, you can't possibly be anxious because anxiety is about the future. You can't be depressed because depression is often about the past or ideas of the future. And when you focus on this very moment, which is the air going in through your nose, slightly colder, coming out through your nose, slightly warmer, and just counting the seconds as it goes in and out, you become so introspective and so personal that almost all of your problems disappear. And it won't be instantly for everybody every time. But if you do it for long enough and you do it enough, it happens very, very fast for every single person I've ever met. It's never failed a person that I've, I've worked with. So that's definitely the, the first place I'll start. Great. That's a great thing to do. And I think it's easy. And I would hope that my listener will do the homework that I'm giving to you guys this year. Focus on breathing and focus on something that's going on inside because that determines how you're going to act as well. So we only have three minutes before we go, but I wanted to know where we can find you. So if somebody has this interest, and what, what, is, what is Chris doing? Where do I find him? Where do we find you, Chris? So I spend most of my time in social media on Facebook, which is Chris Davis. It's the, probably the most popular name on earth, so you'd struggle to find me. It's, it's just Chris Davis, D-A-V-I-E-S. And if you wanted to see me on Instagram, where I put a lot of posts about the breath, It's the underscore Chris Davis, and that's C-H-R-I-S-D-A-V-I-E-S. Okay, that's great. So maybe we can talk another time about some more experiences and go a little bit deeper because I'm sure we scratch the surface and there will be so much. And I'm sorry to hear from the beginning of this episode of the departure of your dad. They must have about 14 years, 15 years ago, right? Because yes. my daughter was born in 2008, so... That's a while and I lost both parents and it's quite a thing, it makes you think about life and where you come from, why you're here, what's your purpose and, and lots of stuff, what, what would they be proud of me, you know, so it's important to look at these life-changing, life-changing events and think, well, that, and am I running for nothing here? So thank you so much for your intervention and all of your um, ideas and explaining very clearly my opinion of what breath work is and how important it is and I mean if you were a midwife you would know a lot about breathing you know <laughs> busy sleeping you have to know how to do about everything if we are not breathing properly we can't talk we cannot sing we we might have more arguments because we are so agitated and, and we're running so guys we know we're just gonna have to say thank you so much for being with us Chris And um, we will talk to you again about this topic because I think it's, it's worth um, going a little bit deeper. So thank you so much for being with us, with me and Chris Davis, who is from England somewhere, right? And uh, I will see you in the next episode. So happy new year to everyone. Happy birthday to me because it's coming, it's coming. And um, I'll see you very, very soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Listen to Create with Franz Sydney.